0: This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Carnage Cast. I'm Tyler, and with me is Paul Godzikowski, author and illustrator of Arthur, King of Time and Space. Hi, Paul. How are you?
1: Hi, Tyler. Thanks for asking me on.
0: So, Paul, you're a cartoonist who now draws uh, Arthur, King of Time and Space, but you're career began some time ago, as I recall, uh, with uh, FASA, right?
1: Well, yeah, uh, the, uh, actually the only paid cartooning I really have on my resume was done for FASA in the 80s uh, when uh, they were putting together a, a licensed Star Trek and Doctor Who games because uh, a fellow there whose name unfortunately escapes me uh, noticed my work in a convention art show and asked me to draw some cartoons for their magazines.
0: Which magazines were those?
1: Um, I don't remember. I, I, think the, I think the name of the magazine was FASA.
0: And uh, I, I think I've seen one uh, online. It was uh, the, the Sixth Doctor and Perry, right?
1: You may have. There were a couple that I did for Star Trek, and at least one Doctor Who. The only one that I still have a copy of, is one that uh, somebody else found online and uh, and uh, posted and that I uh, now have a copy of. Uh, one, that it was a Doctor Who uh, cartoon that uh, displayed the Doctor and his uh, uh, companion of the time sitting down to a role-playing game. And uh, she was the uh, game master, and he was playing it, and, he, and she put him through all the standard paces that a game master does. And at the end, he says, why is it called fantasy role-playing?
0: <laughs> and uh, hopefully we'll be able to share that with the listeners that we can find the link online.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, well, what I thought I would do is, as we were talking, I would compile a list of uh, links that I'd like to uh, 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 be able to refer as we went along. And just uh, post a list of them to my uh, live journal uh, for the readers, to, for the listeners to uh, look at when, uh, when, you know, if they care to once they have listened to this episode of your podcast.
0: Absolutely, and we can have that link in the show notes so they'll be able to click right from there. So you, you were drawing, uh, you, you drew for FASA, but you, you did a little role-playing yourself in the 80s, as I recall.
1: Yes, uh, when uh, I was in uh, high school... I uh, and my brother had a group of friends who who were uh, interested in trying out this uh, tabletop role-playing game thing uh, that was new at the time, because this was the late 70s. And uh, the uh, system that we latched on to was the Steve Jackson games, The Fantasy Trip. And uh, that's the only system where uh, I've ever been a game master, as a matter of fact.
0: Mm-hmm. What was sort of, it, it? was high school for you. So what was sort of the, the tone of the games you were playing?
1: Um, I'm I'm sorry again. I need to ask you to repeat the question. Uh,
0: at that point in your life, what was the tone of the games you were playing?
1: Um, well, uh, they were. Let's see. Uh, tone. They were. They were pretty straightforward. The uh, uh, the uh, first game we played. Uh, the uh, fellow who ran it. He gave us a, a MacGuffin to to chase down, I think. And uh, we uh, uh, there were a group of about uh, four players, and each of us rolled up about four characters, and we all joined up into a long line of everybody and went into his uh, dungeon in order to uh, find uh, the MacGuffin. And uh, the uh, dungeon that he'd uh, created uh it turned out to be a little uh, uh hard work for uh beginning characters and what uh, he did in compensation for that was to create an npc who was uh kind of big and and uh, uh kind of formidable uh and was uh, made leader of the group we were all new to it because it was new stuff at the time and uh you know the the subtleties that uh that are uh, probably uh, more uh, prevalent these days in terms of knowing how to target a game for uh, new players or more seasoned players were things that were you know still probably being worked out. You know, even as personal experience, I'm not sure how much the uh, publishers take something like that into account when they're uh, when they're uh, putting scenarios together when they're putting modules together. But uh, we were writing our own modules and, and basically had no idea what we were doing.
0: But hopefully, having fun on the way.
1: Yeah, we were. We were basically just out to have fun.
0: What, what sense of it did you have at the time? Were like this is new and exciting? This this is this is a, a, a thing that's fun now, or this is.
1: Well, on the one hand, I thought it was an an interesting exercise, and I still feel this way today. Uh, I thought it was an interesting exercise in storytelling to have uh, to have this this format, where it was a matter of uh, of uh, of uh, interaction between uh, you know who you might think of as a storyteller, being the game master, and who you might think of as the audience, being the other players, and and I still think that. It's a valid form of storytelling, uh, role-playing, whether it's on a table or whether it's on a screen. But I did find that it's not a form of storytelling that's that's my preference. I like to sit down and, and, and put words or pictures on a paper and have my readers experience those. I like to have that kind of control.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing now with the Arthur King of Time and Space.
1: Right. Right, right. Which is which is a, a retelling of the classic legends of uh, of uh, the uh, King Arthur character and his uh, and his company, uh, with uh, with a certain modern uh, four-panel sensibility to it.
0: And you've also added the additional layer of it's this the story is happening across multiple time periods or repeating itself in multiple time periods.
1: Right. Right. I did that because uh, previously and concurrently, actually, and uh, after Arthur King and Time and Space, also, I'm sure, uh, the uh, webcomics that I uh, drew uh, were um, uh, uh, fan fiction. They uh, would uh, feature the screen characters that I love best and uh, by transporting Arthur between different time zones of history I was able to simulate the capacity I have with the fan fiction crossover cartoons to uh, vary from day to day the uh, the uh, genre I was working in and to be able to have uh, format for any joke that I might be able to think of on a given day so I have uh, I have Arthur I have what I call the baseline or fairy tale arc which is Arthur in, uh, you know, the Days of Chivalry. And then I have uh, an uh, arc or time zone where Arthur is a starship captain, and I have a, a time zone where Arthur is a contemporary man, and the current plot line is that he's running for president. And I have those are, those are the three major time zones uh, for, the, uh, for the comic strip, and there are some minor time zones as well.
0: I've been watching the the modern timeline with interest, uh, with particular interest because of the way it's uh, seems to be reacting to current events.
1: Well, I originally intended for the comic strip to last for twenty five years and to take Arthur from the age of fifteen to the age of forty, and I uh, I have uh, compressed that a little bit in practice because I didn't I didn't after all believe that I could do it for 25 years, and it's only going to last for 13. Uh, But it's in year 9 now, and it had always been the plan that the contemporary time zone Arthur would run for president uh, with you know, concurrent with the real uh, presidential election, and on the real issues of the day, and so that's what I'm doing this year.
0: Could you give an example for listeners of what's happening in the contemporary arc for Arthur?
1: Um, Well, uh, for instance, a lot of, because I I have a perception of Arthur as a very uh, 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 liberal leader that I get from uh, T.H. White. In The Once and Future King, Arthur is very much presented as someone uh, who is out to, uh, well, He's, he's succeeding the throne the uh, through inheritance, you know, through the old manner. But there are a lot of reforms that he wants to uh, posit, and White posits that Arthur was the person who uh, 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 transformed England from uh, trial by uh, uh, combat into trial by law. And uh, so I have consequently, this notion of Arthur as a liberal and a progressive. And so he's running in order to uh, defeat a uh, conservative incumbent. And uh, a lot of the things that the uh, uh, Republican Party candidate uh, comes out with or his uh, his uh, party come out with make their way into the uh, cartoon in order that I, who's who I'd like to think is fairly liberal and progressive as well, and have my uh, characters uh, rebut them because I think they're eminently rebuttable.
0: And that, that's something I've always I've loved about the strip is the way Arthur comes up with these simple one-line rebuttals. They're like, yeah, that encapsulates everything and it's funny.
1: Basically, I, I, it, uh, it's, it, it may be a bit glib of me to handle it that way, but then that's what a comic strip is for.
0: Yeah, like you said it's that four panels and out kind of uh, tempo.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I when when I when I speak of socializing or 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 being on social online networking with other cartoonists I say that it is uh fun to be uh, relating to other people who think in four panels like I do. And
0: that's something you've spent a lot of time building up how to think in that style, right? Cuz it, it You've been cartooning long before Arthur.
1: Well, yes, yes. I mentioned that I, uh, aside from Arthur online, I also draw uh, fan fiction cartoons, which appear online. There's a subdirectory at uh, Arthur's uh, uh, website where those are uh, uploaded these days. Uh, But before the Internet, I was in the habit of drawing a cartoon a day already. I just did it on paper and stuck it in a binder, which I then carried around to meetings and parties and, and school. Yeah, actually, uh, I've been I've been cartooning uh, since uh, before I started role playing. I started uh, when I was a, a sophomore in high school, and uh, I've uh, it probably doesn't average out quite to one cartoon for every day since then. But uh, most days since then, I've drawn a cartoon.
0: Is what you're writing about changing over the years or you're finding your, your themes are keeping consistent?
1: Pretty consistent, I think. I uh, uh, tend to live in the present, I guess. So I don't necessarily notice if this sort of thing has uh, changed a lot over the years. But uh, the one thing that is definitely true is on the days when I'm uh, having a little trouble coming up with a gag that that's, uh, uh, the rest of the world will think of as genuinely witty, I do fall back on uh, trying to put together a punt, because I like puns. So, so that's usually my fallback.
0: Since you've been doing Arthur for nine years now uh, fairly consistently, uh, what are some of the, the challenges you've been finding in trying to meet that once-a-day schedule?
1: Well, it it can be challenging. Um, In uh, year five, I was uh, having a little trouble coming up with a gag every day. And I have, at least, you know, at the uh, King Arthur cartoon site, I have had something new up there for as a strip every day since I started in May of 2004. But uh, in uh, year five, which uh, would have been uh, twenty, uh, which would have been 2009, um, and again in uh, 2011, I had I was having a little trouble uh, uh, keeping my uh, keeping my concentration, and I knew this was going to happen because it would happen sometimes over the years when I was uh, drawing cartoons uh, on paper too. I would uh, want to take a break. But uh, the, uh, one, the one claim to fame that I'm, I'm pretty sure that I have with the, uh, in the, in the uh, world of uh, web comics is that I never miss a day. So it, what I did was I uh, came up with uh, alternate formats that I uh, used uh, for uh, six months at a time in 2009 and 2011 that uh, I went with. Uh, in order to tide over the uh, burnout periods, and uh, uh, it helped. And uh, in retrospect, uh, each of those burnout periods uh, occurred at a time when I had uh, each time a separate uh, call center job, uh, which I, uh, which, which I uh, decided uh, in retrospect is probably not a coincidence. And uh, I'm no longer working in a call center. And so I uh, uh, don't expect to uh, have to uh, do that again, except in that if, if if you happen to have been following the uh, cartoon uh, this year, uh, you'll uh, you'll uh, note that there uh, have been uh, 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 rather more fillers and sketches than I uh, prefer to allow, and uh, the the reason for that is that there is uh, an uh, unexpected reoccurrence of, uh, of uh, illness in the family uh, that uh, in, in, in 2011, there, there was, a, well, my wife uh, was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and uh, went through some surgery and some uh, chemotherapy and some radiation therapy. And the uh, time period when she did that, through uh, coincidence or through some psychic ability on my part, Coincided with what I had already decided to do in terms of an alternate format in order to combat burnout. Uh, but uh, this year the uh, cancer recurred, and I am finding, despite my intention uh, not to uh, go on that sort of uh, like duty cartooning, that uh, there are um, more days and sometimes uh, weeks at a stretch when I uh, when I. Uh, them turning out uh, more light duty gags just because, you know, it, when, when, you know, when one member of a, cum- of a couple gets cancer, really the whole family gets cancer and and it that does take a little out of, out of you. If, if, if you're not the suffer, if you're not the sufferer, you know, that's, a, that's a primary, uh, 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 suffering, but, uh, it, uh, you, you can't ignore that it uh, takes a little out of you if it's uh, someone else in your family, too.
0: Treatment becomes a group effort in some ways.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely, because um, uh, she goes to chemo, and it, uh, it uh, does run you down. It does run you down a bit. It, uh, it, and cancer was uh, detected because she went in for a CAT scan for a kidney stone which is something else that she's uh, still working as well, even if it uh, was a secondary issue. And so between the two, uh, she's uh, kind of kind of uh, out of it a lot of the time. And, of course, it falls on me to uh, lend the support she needs to get through. And uh, much as I would rather not admit it, that does make it difficult sometimes to turn out a cartoon every day. And uh, when, you know, on the other hand, I have always said that I'm uh, proud to be an amateur. It wasn't always the way that we got our entertainment packaged with, uh, with uh, uh, flashes and, and, and uh, spinning lights and, uh, you know, for, uh, with uh, the multi-million dollar corporations backing it. And the, uh, one of the things that uh, the Internet does for us or can do for us is that it can put entertainment back in the hands of anyone who has a story to tell. And it is a, a position of mine, a proud thing to do that, even if you aren't able to put a professional gloss on it. And that's one of the reasons why it doesn't bother me to uh, uh, put a uh, piece of work up there for the day that may not be up to the quality level that I could churn out if it was my day job.
0: It, it's, that, it's that school of thought where it's better to have made something at all than to have said, well, I need to do it better so I won't do it right now.
1: Yeah, that, that, that kind of thing.
0: And that's that's been another uh, re- recurring theme in your work is that the the storytelling the way the way a lot of stories are told now told now is a relatively new invention. It's in a long time for a very 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 long time. It was in the hands of everybody.
1: Right, right. For instance, uh, the the major or the initial major uh, work of Arthurian literature in English, as is considered today. Was written by a man who was at the time in prison. Sir Thomas Mallory, the author of *Le Morte d'Arthur*, uh, was a uh, man in prison at the time that uh, he composed the uh, the work. And uh, this is this is it was probably politically motivated. But uh, the point remains that uh, you know, what he did, uh, even if even if it was largely pulling together. Uh, the uh, existing works um, that uh, in those days largely existed uh, in French rather than English. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he was the was, uh, 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 best of my scholarship. Um, it was, this, this was pretty much the only literary work he ever attempted in his life, and it was towards the end of his life that he did it. So there you go. Uh, what I'm what I'm talking about, uh, you know, amateur status doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's sort of what history takes does with the work after that. Right. So, in in your uh, Arthurian scholarship, what have, what have you seen about the way stories are, are used again and again and come around, and the characters change but are ultimately the same, which has been one of the underpinnings of Arthur King of Time and Space?
1: There, there's been there's some diversity of 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 characterization for, for the major characters, uh, in, uh, you know, over the course of, uh, of the, that, that's part of what uh, drew me to the stories in the, in the first place, or at least the, the, the modern uh, treatments, you know, like I said, in, uh, T.H. White, uh, Arthur is, 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 um, uh, uh, um, uh, Depicted sort of as a liberal, and the reason for that is that he's brought up as a, a simple country squire, uh, uh, believing that he is as, uh, a bastard of his uh, foster father, uh, not knowing that he's actually the uh, heir to the kingdom, and this gives him uh, what what you know the British call the the common touch once he gets into uh, the high kingship and uh, he's able to uh, relate his experience uh, as uh, uh, what, for the time, was uh, the middle class uh, when he uh, has to uh, come up with policies as a ruler. Now, T.H. White was probably one of the last modern writers to treat Arthur uh, the way he had been treated for several centuries as uh, a as, uh, uh, king uh, in the era, era of uh, chivalry uh, in a sort of uh, magical land uh, with, uh, with uh, knights and uh, with fairies and with dragons, uh, most of the uh, more recent uh, treatments such as uh, Marion Zimmer Bradley and Sutcliffe and uh, Cro- uh, Cornwell uh, have uh, tried to be a little more historically accurate in that if there was a figure named Arthur, or on whom the character of Arthur was based, it was a historical figure from the 5th century, uh, just after the Roman legions had pulled out of Britain, who became a uh, war leader, not necessarily even a king, and was able to uh, keep the uh, Saxon uh, encroachment on Britain Uh, off for a generation. Um, So what you get there is an Arthur who was uh, less uh, uh, Clark Kent and more James Kirk. The uh, portrayals of Arthur um, in uh, more recent works than T.H. White tend to be of of a, a very charismatic leader rather than a nice guy who got elevated to the throne and is just trying to make everybody happy. And treatments of Lancelot can vary, too. Sometimes he's, sometimes, well, in, in, in T.H. White, uh, I think he was a manic depressive, and that's that's the characterization I've developed. Uh, Steinbeck thought that uh, the thing about Lancelot was that each writer picks the character to be his uh, his, uh basically his, um, uh, the term I want has just flown from my head. Avatar? Avatar. That's, yeah, that's not exactly what I meant, but it means the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that uh, Mallory's was Lancelot. And uh, uh, I think there's a, a certain uh, truth to that, because there's uh, one of the few things we do know about Mallory is that uh, he was uh, charged with... Uh, Uh, quote, forcing, unquote, the wife of uh, somebody named Henry Smith. And there's an awful lot in LaMorta Arthur about uh, knights who are carrying on affairs with the married women who actually love the knights instead of their husbands. So um, I think that uh, Steinbeck was onto something there, that uh, Mallory identified quite a bit with Lancelot and Tristram.
0: He might have had something to be a little resentful about?
1: Uh, Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Meanwhile, uh, Bernard uh, Cornwell, uh, I think it was, uh, depicted Lancelot as a pampered prince with uh, ego and uh, no actual uh, 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 character, so you get quite a range there. Uh, Guinevere is portrayed with a lot of different characterizations everywhere you look, and it uh, didn't... The characterization that I have for Guinevere didn't really uh, fall together until I uh, 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 performed an exercise on some of the prose fan fiction that I have on the Internet. I went through my Doctor Who Star Trek crossovers, and I globally replaced all the franchise's proper nouns with proper nouns from the King Arthur legends uh, in order to turn the King Arthur legends into space opera. And yeah, I was trying to turn my fan fiction into something that would be saleable, and it didn't work. But what did happen was I gave all of Doctor McCoy's lines to Guinevere, and that finally gave me a characterization of Guinevere that I could get my uh, could get my mind around. Because what I realized once I had done that was that Guinevere is the people of the kingdom to each of the men that she loves. Arthur loves Guinevere because Arthur loves all the people. And Lancelot loves Guinevere because Lancelot wants to be loved by the people. And Guinevere is the person who is the people to them. Because uh, in the, uh, you know, in in the medieval times, a woman, you know, didn't really have a lot else, a lot to do, which is probably why there isn't a lot of fodder in the classics as to uh, as uh, to what her character is, leading to the wide range of characterizations that she's given in modern works.
0: Given that range of characterizations, where is your Guinevere on that spectrum?
1: Well, I'd say she's, well, the, the primary inspirations for Arthur King of Time and Space are T.H. Uh, White, which I read annually when I was in high school, The Once and Future King, and Marion Zimmer Bradley's The Myths of Avalon, which uh, retells the legends uh, from the point of view of uh, Morgan Le Fay, Arthur's Enemy, uh, Bradley paints Morgan as a priestess of uh, what was the native religion in uh, the British Isles when the Romans arrived and brought their Christianity. T.H. Uh, White almost leaves Morgan le Fay out entirely, so the the entirety of of, of what I uh, knew about uh, 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 Morgan le Fay pretty much comes from Marion Zimmer Bradley. And um, in uh, Bradley, Guinevere is a very, kind, you know, probably a very accurate picture of what uh, women of uh, that society were, uh, were uh, forced into being. She was very fearful, very fundamentalist in her religion, and, and uh, very controlling of that which was given her to control at all. Uh, In uh, T.H. White, uh, White used to say that uh, the uh, characters as he wrote them were the same characters as in Mallory. And I'm pretty sure that uh, he meant it, but it's it's not quite true. And uh, he found a lot of contradictions in uh, Guinevere's character. And uh, he uh, wrote in uh, the uh, books, that uh, the, uh, it, it, it's, it's hard to write about a real person because real people are contradictory. Uh, so uh, to answer your question, I would say on the scale between White's Guinevere and Bradley's Guinevere, mine is quite a bit closer to White because she is someone who feels very strongly and is not afraid to change her mind when she decides that uh, what she was feeling was wrong
0: yeah now that you when you lay it out like that i can see it in a lot of strips where she's arguing with arthur or lancelot or someone and then does a reversal because clearly that position was wrong
1: yeah yeah the one i'm thinking about uh, in particular where this happens with her is uh, the uh, is uh, at the end of the storyline with the false Guinevere, who has been impostering her and has been living with Arthur for two years. And uh, Arthur has been unable to give her up, partially because uh, he's enchanted, but also partially because he has a hard time giving up a Guinevere who loves only him, who doesn't also love Lancelot. And uh, at the end of the story, Uh, The uh, false Guinevere falls ill, and in my version of the story, she and Guinevere meet one last time, and each of them says to the other, thanks for being to him what I'm not, and Guinevere, the real Guinevere, turns to uh, Lancelot and Arthur and says, we can't let her die, because... You know, Guinevere, Guinevere. is the compassionate one there. When the space time zone, she's the doctor on the ship, and she says to them, "We can't let her die." And Lancelot says, "That's what you've been wishing for for two years." And she slaps him up on the side of the head, and she says, "Well, I was wrong."
0: <laughs> that was an awesome mark. I love that one. So you're in your, are in, you are in year nine of 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 the series right now with uh, a thirteen year plan, right? Right. Right. Any hints you want to give us about where we're going from here on out?
1: Uh, I don't think it will be a spoiler for me to uh, give out that Arthur is going to win the presidential election in my story in the uh, contemporary time zone. He's going to be president of the United States for the rest of the period uh, covered by my cartoons and uh, will be dealing with uh, genuine contemporary issues. Uh, as he, he and his opponent are dealing with the uh, issues of the election in the cartoons of this year, the uh, uh, fairy tale baseline arc will uh, continue to uh, follow Mallory and White uh, and uh, and uh, Bradley uh, uh, in order to uh, uh, hopefully provide my readers with uh, at least a general idea of what the uh, classic plot lines for the stories are so that they can see what is uh, different between that and what I do in the other time zones. In the the one minor time zone, the uh, uh, mass unit time zone, Arthur and Lancelot and Guinevere have this year as their form of the Grail quest. Uh, uh, They have uh, come to an arrangement where they have, but su- happily, uh, well, uh, not necessarily happily, but at least amicably, assumed a uh, sort of uh, threesome uh, ar- arrangement with each other, and that's uh, more or less what's going to happen in uh, in uh, the other arcs too. But it's going to be uh, less actually spoken uh, this year, which is which is the Grail year, the Grail Quest year. Right now, in the baseline arc. Galahad and Lancelot and the other knights are seeking the Grail and in the uh, in the uh, space arc the uh, characters are uh, dealing with a plot line that has to do with a scientific project that's uh, uh, based around the Grail in that time zone in the uh, space-time zone I uh, mean to uh, bring the characters uh, to, a, uh, to a happier conclusion than the, uh, the char- characters get in the uh, baseline time zone, but I'm uh, not going to give away any more than that. I think that's the, uh, that uh, may be the first time I've ever actually admitted that it's going to be very different. Usually I just say stay tuned. Um, uh, I, there have been indications with uh, flash-forwards that that's what I'm going to do. So I'm not really giving anything away by admitting that that's what I'm going to do.
0: And we have to stay tuned anyways because we have to see how it's different. Right. Paul, where should people be going to uh, follow The Strip and follow you on the Internet?
1: Well, um, the, uh, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm going to do, as I, uh, as I uh, said to you earlier, I don't know if this was uh, uh, before you started uh, uh, recording or not, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, assemble a uh, list of uh, links that uh, might be interesting to uh, your listeners uh, who were uh, intrigued by anything I say. I'm going to go ahead and uh, put that on my live journal, which has uh, amongst uh, all my uh, social networks probably the easiest URL to remember and to uh, put across in the audio format. And that's at scarfman.livejournal.com. And I'll uh, put that uh, entry up uh, in an entry that's uh, dated with the uh, release date of the podcast.
0: Great. And we'll link to that entry from the the show itself.
1: Okay, great. Meanwhile, I want to thank you for asking me on. I do uh, appreciate the uh, the uh, investment of your time and effort, and uh, thanks very much.
0: You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.